0: What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. This is Pete, and first off, if you're new to the show, welcome. This podcast, this online community, this is for New York conservatives who are tired of being mistreated by friends, family, co-workers for thinking differently than they do. You're also probably tired of how the state has been run, because let's face it, over the past week and a half, we have been royally screwed by terrible pieces of legislation.
1: Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www blackhawk group and
0: started last week with the reproductive health Act uh, one week ago from yesterday we also had the dream Act passed the following night and last night we had some rampant gun legislation that I talked about on my show on Monday so we're going to dive into the ramifications of all that in just a second um, and we're also going to be talking about uh, some other things regarding some local Issues. So, let's start off with the gun legislation. So, as I predicted on Monday, I told you, I'm sure many of you knew it was coming too, the very blue legislature passed a series of gun legislation, and there is the first major acts of gun legislation in New York State since the SAFE Act was passed back in 2013. So, again, let's rehash the three main issues that this legislation is seeking to micromanage, and why these are just an infringement on Second Amendment rights and have nothing to little to do with fixing anything. And I want to make a clarification about one of the stances I took this past Monday in regards to the Red Flag Bill. Let's break this down step by step. So one piece of legislation would make it illegal to sell or manufacture bump stocks, devices devices that can increase the rate of or fire of semi-automatic weapons. Such a device was used by the gunman who opened fire. I'm reading from a News 12 article, of course, that's why the left spin. Such a device was used by the gunman who opened fire from a Las Vegas hotel room in 2017, killing 58 people at a country music concert and wounding hundreds of others. Another bill would prohibit anyone other than a law enforcement officer, school resource officer, or other security personnel from carrying a firearm while on school property. Under current state law, districts can decide whether to allow teachers and other school employees to carry guns in school. We'll get to that in just a second. The package of bills includes measures to create a municipal gun buyback program and to extend the waiting period from 3 to 30 days after an inconclusive background check before a gun can be purchased. There's also legislation that would authorize law enforcement, parents, teachers, and school administrators to ask a judge to evaluate a child they believe is a threat to themselves or others. The judge could then order the confiscation of firearms in the child's home. That measure is known in Albany as a, quote, red flag bill. So, Governor Cuomo, of course, had some fun things to say. He said, you know, I'm going to read a couple of quotes from you. So, the first quote, There is a solution, and we have six years of history to show that the planet does not stop spinning, is referring to the SAFE Act. People don't lose guns. It doesn't bankrupt an industry, which he said at the State Capitol News Conference with anti-gun advocates. Because, you know, he will only speak when he knows he's going to be treated fairly by the press And by fairly, I mean they're going to treat him nicely, his way. They're going to lob softball questions to him. They're not going to challenge him on any of his stances. Another quote from the event. Give a teacher, give a family member a right to go to a judge, give the person due process. That's interesting because I'm pretty sure he was against Justice Kavanaugh and he was a huge advocate of the Me Too movement. But anyway, but if they are in a position where they could hurt themselves or others, remove them from guns in the meantime, it is common sense. And this is, of course, in reference to the red flag law. So, again, let's break these down. I, I touched on these on Monday. I'm not going to go into them too much in depth in terms of the policy. But let's talk about why these are bad things. First off, bump stocks. Obviously, if you're not familiar with bump stocks, I'm sure many of you are. They enable you to shoot much more rapidly out of the gun that you are using. Now, with bump stocks are not liked by the president. He wanted to outlaw them at the federal level, so it only makes sense that they would follow suit here in New York with legislation like this. The issue here, uh, the Second Amendment rights thing and all that, yes. But the issue here is the government telling you what you do and do not need For your arsenal, now you can have your gun or guns to go hunting. You can do it for you know target practice. Maybe you like to shoot. Maybe you do competitions, or maybe you have it for home protection. Whatever the case may be, there is no reason that the state government, the federal government, or any government should tell you what you do. And the NRA and other rifle and pistol associations are so correct in the regard that law-abiding citizens who are gun owners do not perpetrate these crimes it doesn't matter how souped up or not in their eyes the guns are so this is a huge infringement on second amendment rights that should not be violated under any circumstances so the government again telling you what you can and cannot use on your property and this is an overstep of the highest regard. By our state government let's take number two so outside of certain designated security personnel or law enforcement officers on a school campus no other teacher will be allowed to carry guns the previous law as i read in the article stated that each individual school and municipality would be able to dictate whether or not teachers were allowed to carry guns to the school should they have had the pro- proper permits and all those other things this is stupid and here's why it's stupid you look at Parkland, the most recent mass shooting at a school, right? It was a gun-free zone, using air quotes in case you're listening. The gun-free zone indicates to someone disranged, like the Parkland shooter, like any of these other school shooters, a Cindy Hook guy, whoever, that it's very, very easy to go into this school with minimal resistance and have easy pickings until the cops arrive. At Parkland, there was egregiousness, which we're going to get into in a second, because this applies also to the red flag provision um, that they passed as well. But if you are looking to do damage, like put yourself in the mind of a sociopath. I know for many of you, it's hard for me, not so much, but put yourself into the mind of someone who wants to do something like this. And you know that maybe one or two people on this property on this school have access to a gun. The rest of the students, faculty, and staff do not. That makes it very easy for me to know, okay, and most of these people too, most killers, they always scope out where they're going to do the attacks. The guy in Vegas scoped out the hotel. He rented a room there, and he went all over the country to find the perfect spot, knowing that there would be a lot of people down below due to the country music festival that was going on there, and that if he had the right equipment and he had the right room, he would have easy pickings for quite a while. The same was true in Parkland. This kid, obviously, was a former student at the school, and he knew exactly where whoever had a gun was located, and he knew that if he took them out, it would be very easy. Now, Larry Sharp pointed this out when he was on Joe Rogan, when he was on the Rubin Report, when he did his national tour, and also, President Trump mentioned this right after the Parkland shooting, and this was a hot button topic in the news last year. And that was if a teacher is qualified to carry a gun, he or she should have the ability to do so. And what this does, if there is a district that allows the teachers to carry firearms, obviously this is no longer allowed in New York State. So the locale, the municipality cannot do it. They would be allowed to bring their gun and their weapon. school with them to carry it on them at all times or keep it in their classroom and in the event a shooting occurred they'd be able to protect their class and anybody else in the surrounding area and potentially even fight off the shooter before the police arrived all right and also as you saw in parkland sometimes The police and law enforcement down there did an absolutely terrible job from well before the shooting occurred to while it was occurring. Prior to the shooting, this kid had been called on three dozen times to local law enforcement and to the FBI. There were no red flags on his record. I'm going to get into the red flag provision in just a second because on Monday, if you didn't see or listen to the show, you know that I'm actually not vehemently opposed to that that particular aspect. I'm going to clarify those statements a little bit in just a second. But bear with me. So... If this kid had been called on all these times, nothing was done about it. He wasn't institutionalized, he wasn't detained for whatever the reason. No one was keeping an eye on him. Even, I believe, if I recall correctly, posted things on social media essentially indicating what he was going to do. That were flagged by local and federal law enforcement who had been called on him before. And they still failed to act. And so, obviously, the atrocity, which was the Parkland shooting, was carried out. These people scope out where they're going to go. They know who's armed and who's not. If it's a gun-free zone like Parkland High School, or now any of the high schools here on Long Island, it's going to be very easy for them to figure out who they have to take out before it's a free-for-all. That's all they're going to do. If, on the flip side a district or a municipality voted or allowed teachers to carry should they decide to. And this is the other thing that teachers were in opposition to. Teachers didn't want to be required to get certified to carry a firearm, to learn how to fire a firearm if they didn't have one. No one was ever making them do that. The president never said they had to do that. Larry Sharp never said they had to do that. No one was ever advocated for teachers being allowed to carry has ever said that every teacher has to do that. It gave them the option, and what that option allows is that if a gunman, whether, let's say it's a school, let's say the, the gunman is a former student, if the gun, if he, or if, it's going to be a he, if he knows that there are a bunch of faculty and staff all around the building, and they don't have the exact schedules of all these faculty and staff who have guns, and they don't know exactly where they're gonna be, it's a lot harder for them to plan out their attack than if they just know there's a couple of guards on the campus that they can easily take out and then go, go off. So this is bad. This actually is going to make it easier for shooters to get access to campus. Now we're lucky here in New York State that these types of shootings haven't really occurred in a very long time, if ever. But I wouldn't be surprised now if in the near future, I hope it doesn't happen, I'm not advocating for it to happen, so please don't misconstrue my words. but I would not be surprised if it did happen because now um, there's literally next to no protection. You have to wait for the police to arrive and if it's more of a rural area, if the police are further or even if it's in a city, if the police are further away from the school and then maybe they would be in a suburb, then the response time is not going to be great and a lot of damage can be done. All right? So that's step two. Getting back to step one with the bump stocks too, I wanted to add something as well. When it comes to bump stocks, just because they're illegal doesn't mean a killer, someone who wants to carry out a mass shooting, isn't going to be able to acquire them. These are going to be available on the black market. Think about when you went to college. Think about when you were underage, whether you were a teenager before you went to college. Let's say you didn't go to college. Let's say you're 14, 15, 16 years old, and then you go to parties over the weekends. You're, all your friends and everyone in your school is drinking. You know, oh, my parents are away that weekend. Come by my house. Let's have a party. Let's get ripped. And you, you have either older siblings or older students or even sometimes older people who, hey, I'll pay you 20 extra bucks if you go inside and buy me beer and give it to me on the way out. I mean, a lot of us did that growing up. It's a very common thing if you're underage. And drinking, when you're underage, and when it's technically illegal, well, not technically, it is illegal, is actually exhilarating because you are actively breaking the law. You're getting your hands on a substance that you should not be allowed to have, and you're then utilizing it. You're getting drunk, and it's almost like a big F you to the man, to the government, right? To the people who are holding you back from doing this. Now, I remember when I turned 21 in college and I went through the 21-drink challenge. By the way, I did it like a champ, and I did not vomit. But getting back, after that day, after I turned 21, the celebration was over, my desire to get nearly as drunk nearly as often completely went. This isn't to say that there haven't been some binge-fests over the years, but for the most part, my drinking really subsided after college and after I turned 21 more specifically. So like my last semester of my senior year, I'm young for my grade, my last semester of my senior year when I was 21, I barely went out, I barely partied because I didn't feel the need to. I had access to this at any time. It wasn't nearly as appealing to me to get my hands on it as it was when when it was illegal to me technically. So making bump stocks illegal makes it all the more attractive to criminals and to people who want to perpetrate these mass shootings. So this is this is a bad policy. Again, the government stepping in to tell you how you can, I guess, stock your property, how you can load up on your property, is a terrible idea. You know, some one of the few things that Europe has right, that we do certain parts of Europe, is that they legalize everything. So, making everything legal, enables people to make their own choices. Now that's not to say that it's always going to bring the best on people, prostitution being legal, certain hard drugs being legal, will probably initially yield some pretty deviant behavior, and maybe even some deaths. But that said, after a while, the whole, oh my God, this is illegal, I'm still getting my hands on the substance, or I'm still soliciting a prostitute, that stuff goes downhill. And the same is going to happen here, except in the reverse. By making bum stocks illegal, This is going to make them all the more attractive to criminals who want to intimidate their communities, who want to intimidate rival gangs. Whoever they are, and whoever they want to intimidate, whoever they want to rob from or kill, they're going to use those to send a message. They're going to find a way on the black market, or they're going to go to another state where they are legal to get their hands on them. That's just the way it is. When it comes to taking the decision of whether or not teachers and other faculty and staff who are not law enforcement or security officers away from being able to carry and bring their weapons to school. This creates a very attractive scenario for a prospective mass shooter. And again, these shooters always scope out the property. They always know who is vulnerable and who has the weapons. They take them out first and then they can run wild until the cops arrive. And like I said, depending on where these shootings occur, the cop response time may not be great. So, we could be looking at 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of unresolved terror. And if they have weapons with bump stocks and they're able to go off all the more, then it just shows why these bills are failures. Now, let's get to the red flag provision. So, basically, what this enables people to do is if a child or a person is deemed dangerous by their parents, by, you know, if their students, teachers, or, or other licensed professionals, then The state government will have the right to go to that child's home, and if there are any firearms or weapons in the home, they will be taken by that state government until that child or that person is no longer deemed a threat. Here's the problem. In the case of the child, this is bad news because just because the child, for whatever the reason, may have a few screws loose, doesn't mean that the parents are negligent. Doesn't mean that the child's going to be able to get their hands on the gun. Now, sometimes they do. You saw in Sandy Hook, that kid was able to get his hands on his mother's gun, I believe. And he knew the, the code to the safe and all that, and he was able to get it out and use it in that terrible event. So these things do happen. But that said, safety has to be number one priority for any gun owner. If you're a parent and your child is struggling for whatever the reason, and he's been red, he or she's been red flagged, then you have to do something about that. That should be up to you, not up to them. And on top of that, too, you should, as a parent, get your child help. Send them to an institution if that's the best thing. Get them counseling. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with your kid. But it's not up to the state to decide what you can and cannot do with your property. Now, on Monday's show. I stated that I'm actually not 100% against this, and I'm not because if you look at the Parkland shooting and the Democrats use this, and this is the one somewhat valid point they make, that I might still be, you know, I've thought about it, I've had some people in our community talk to me about it privately, and while I understand it could be an infringement of your Fourth Amendment rights, on the other hand, if you have been charged, like I said on Monday, if you have been charged with a violent crime, or if that's kind of up in the air. If you've been red flagged and there's legitimate proof, then you should not be able to acquire a firearm. You shouldn't, in my opinion. Now, if you've been falsely accused of being a liability, and if you're red flagged falsely when you're not actually directly a threat, and otherwise you can legally find a gun or buy a gun, then you should be able to have an appeals process. And maybe that's something in legislation that can be worked in. Now, a lot of this is feel-good Band-Aid stuff. You're taking bump stocks away, so if there ever is a shooting, God forbid, they can't possibly do as much damage, right? Wrong. We just went over why that is. They took away the right for municipalities' and teacher and schools to decide whether or not their teachers and other faculty and staff can carry. That's wrong because it makes the school an even easier target now. If for the schools that didn't have anyone carry anyway, it doesn't make a difference for the ones that the very few that did, now they're screwed and now they're bigger targets. That's not good for them. And then lastly again, getting back to the red flag, just because a child or a person in a home may be deemed a threat to society, does not mean that you should take and confiscate their guns as a state government. If that person lives alone, and those guns are his or her own, and they have credible accusations against them, then you can maybe hold them and and do something about that. But again, most people are not loners to the point that they don't have a significant other family member or friend close by, Touching base with them fairly regularly, and I feel that these are personal, private matters that should be dealt with. The whole issue with this is that this is not a gun issue. Guns are a tool, just like anything else. Kitchen knives, you see in the UK, they've banned kitchen knives. They actually have receptacles all over the UK where people can take their butcher knives and other sharp knives that they had in their kitchens and throw them out. Why? Because stabbings were on the rise when they confiscated guns and they took people's rights away to carry weapons in the UK.
1: This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com.
0: The same types of things are going to happen here. This isn't going to dissuade criminals from committing crimes, this isn't going to dissuade sociopaths and murderers from doing just those things. In fact, it makes it more appealing to them and it makes it easier for them, because even if legally they cannot get their hands on weapons and ammunition, they're going to find a way to do it. Right now in New York State, I'm sure all of you know someone who knows someone at the very, very least who can get you marijuana, that can get you a gun illegally if you wanted. Everyone knows someone. Everyone knows someone who knows someone, right? Everyone has connections. There's a black market for everything that's illegal. And you can turn to that. And these people, again, criminals and killers, they're not entirely stupid. They may be on the wrong side of the law and the wrong side with their moral and ethical values, but they're not stupid people. They do their homework, and if they can't go through legal channels to get what they need to commit their crimes, then they're going to go through others. So this bill passed. It's only going to hurt law-abiding gun owners here in New York State, and it's not going to solve a damn thing. Until we start ramping up law enforcement efforts, making sure that people who legitimately are threats, like the Parkland shooter, who again was called on three dozen times, for you know threats and, compl- and uh, violent complaints and things like that, it's not until they step up. It's not until friends and family and people who know these sick individuals steps up and helps get them the help that they need. It's not until we face the very issue in our society. And there's speculation as to what that is. Ben Shapiro believes it's a God-shaped hole because religion is not nearly as popular in whether it's in this state or around the country as it used to be, because a lot more people are not religious. I'm not religious personally. I've never had an inkling to kill anyone or do commit a mass shooting or do anything like that. But there's speculation as to what that is. Ultimately it comes down to mental health. People have screws loose. There's a lot of crazy people. And in many ways, we're living unfulfilling lives for whatever the reason. If you're punching a clock nine to five and you hate your job and you're just doing it for a paycheck then that sucks. You're going to wake up almost every day feeling dismayed. If you don't make enough money, you're going to wake up almost every day struggling, dismayed, wondering how you can make it. There's a lot of stuff going on at the social and the psychological levels that we don't want to touch, that politicians don't want to touch. Instead, what they like to do, we had Steve Davis on our show yesterday. You can check out that on our podcast on iTunes or in the Facebook group. We have a video up. We only did audio, but it's an image of us the entire time. But... He believes, too, Republicans, they talk a big game, and they may even enter Congress, or they may enter office in a, at a state or local level with the best of intentions. But as they play the game, and they find they can't truly make change, that this, this well-oiled machine of corruption and globalism is in place they start to kind of make a decision as to do they want to continue to fight the good fight or do they want to be someone, meaning do they want to be a Speaker of the House? Do they want to one day maybe be the President, like Kamala Harris, who obviously has no regard for the Second Amendment. Her comments at her town hall indicated as much on uh, CNN the other day. And she's a dangerous candidate. I mean, she's not an unattractive woman, but she did get her rise to power. It's clear as day. It it, it was laid out by her lover, and she's never denied it, that the mayor of where she lived in California got her a bunch of political jobs while they were having their affair. He was twice her age at the time, and... She is now going after him with venom. She said, "If he ever committed a crime and came across my desk, I would uh, prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law." She's obviously ruthless, and she reminds me a little bit of Hillary Clinton, of all people. But also, her answers—if you listen to them—they're very robotic. And I think that she's done a lot of polling. She's gotten a lot of uh, she's gotten a lot of recommendations from political analysts about the way that she should go about things. And I think that she, she's a dangerous candidate. If people get behind her, she crossed off two intersectional checkboxes. She's a woman and she's black. And I think that the Democrats are going to try to spin her like um, and her affair as, you know, it was a mistake. She was relatively young. But look at all the good she's done and look at how she's going to be a champion for our cause. She's dangerous. And there's this giant movement across the board. We're seeing it. With reproductive rights, it happened here in New York State. Virginia, they're looking to do essentially the same thing right now. Vermont is looking to do the same thing. A lot of these blue states are looking to extend um, the duration at which you can uh, abort a baby. And making it easier and easier for people. And, and it's really a disgrace. They, they keep trying to hide behind, well, if the mother is going to suffer physical damage from it. I mean, no pregnancy is without risk. But you can't carry a child to term, or practically to term, then just decide a week later that you're going to turn on them. This is, we're heading in the wrong direction. We are. And it's scary. And, you know, Steve pointed this out in his book. And and yesterday, and and it's so true, there's so many Republicans in Congress, especially here in New York at the local and state level, they talk a big game. When it comes down to actually fighting for something, for for good moral conservative values and and fighting against this exceedingly far left snake-like entity that the Democrats have become, they just sit back on their laurels because at the end of the day, they've either been corrupted or they've given up. And those are not the inspiring types of politicians that get people out to the polls to vote out someone like Andrew Cuomo or in the city to vote out Bill de Blasio or to vote out scum like Kirsten Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer. You know, these lying snakes that really do not have our best interests at heart. The only interest they have is in serving themselves and their donors and the lobbyists and people that fund their their rise to the top so guys if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a five star review on itunes it really helps with trying to attract sponsors as you saw or heard and also consider supporting us, you know, we're, we're sitting down with a local politician tonight, myself and Justin, to discuss not only her coming on the podcast, but also what we can do with you guys. We've gotten inquiries from a lot of you in the group uh, on Facebook, and again, just go to Facebook, type in search bar Empire State Conservatives and like the page and you'll stay up to date on everything we have going on, but... A lot of you want to meet in person, whether you live in Central or Upstate New York, whether you're here on Long Island like me and Evan are, whether you're in Queens like Justin is, or you're in and around the city. You're not alone. And seceding from New York City or even New York City and Long Island is not going to help the state. We do need an Electoral College type process. I think we'd all agree on that. But we're not all bad just because we live down here. You know, it's more circumstance than anything. But we want to... Look into maybe getting some local chapters together, maybe a Nassau County chapter, for example, here on Long Island, a Suffolk County chapter, maybe a Queens County chapter, Kings County chapter, uh, an upstate, uh, all all the other counties we have. We have many, many counties here in New York. So uh, we're going to look into doing that and we're going to make connections with local politicians so they can give us feedback and help us figure out ways That we can best serve you and we can all get together and really try and make a push in 2020 and beyond to take back the state because guys until that happens we're going to continue to see these awful pieces of legislation like this gun legislation that just passed last night like the reproductive health act like the dream act it's going to be pushed down our throats until some of these people are up for the election in 2020. So unfortunately right now there's not much we can do, but we are working at organizing and riling up a grassroots base and in getting the word out so that we can find qualified but also good candidates who will follow through on their promises at the local and state levels in 2020 and beyond. So guys, again, like us on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. If you can consider a donation, of just $5 a month. That's all we ask for. It's $60 over the course of a year. You get a free Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. And also, we're going to get access to our mailbag. So every day, I send out an email Monday through Friday asking for mailbag feedback. I got an overwhelming response from donors already about gun legislation and the laws that just passed last night so that's why i covered it today but obviously as things transpire at the local state and federal levels we're going to have other things that pop up so please if you want to have a say in what we talk about on today's and other shows throughout the week please consider donating just $5 a month and you can get this wristband And that. If you donate $50 for the entire year, you get a $60 customized Empire State Serve Network hoodie with your name and number on the back. We have sizes small through 5XL, so anybody of any size can fit into it. Again, that's $50 for the entire year. It's a one-time annual payment, and you get... A $60 hoodie in exchange, so do the math. You come out on top. You also get a wristband, and you get mailbag access. And uh, we're also thinking of opening up a private Facebook group just for donors so that we can keep the conversation more central to those who really believe in our mission. We would really appreciate that. So, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Pete. Have a great rest of the day, and Justin will be coming at you tomorrow with his solo show. Have a good one.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five star review. Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at EmpireStateConservantNetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at getbreadpill 76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.